What's up to all our sidekicks and henchfolk out there in the Geek Nation? You're currently tuning into the Cult Pop Podcast live stream, aka Spoiler Alert, episode 769. Nice. Where we review the past week's comics as well as talk about some fun pop culture topics for your listening and viewing pleasure. I am your host, Johnny Destructo of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, PA. Our super rad shop for super rad folks like yourselves. Joining me tonight are Brian Lieb and Hi. Noel Bartocci. Sup, fellas? Hey! Hi! Oh, that's so much. Uh, I'm trying to um, uh, level off the I just woke up energy. Oh, I see. So I figured, come out hard. I mean, wait, no, that's the wrong phrasing. Come on, way soft, right? That's the soft. Saying. Yeah. What's the opposite of flaccid and fast? Uh, flaccid and fast. <clears throat> too flaccid, too deep. furious. Too furious. Hi, guys. Discussion Hi. topic. Fellas, <laughs> looking ahead to 2022, even though we're in it now, but looking ahead to the, the rest of 2022, what are your comics that you're most looking forward to, either new or returning? Or on your shelf, waiting to be read or revisited. All right, well, that's a lot. All right, so your options are new book for 2022, returning book yeah. for 2022, something that's just on your shelf that you haven't read yet, or something that's on your shelf and you've read but you want to revisit it. Go, Brian. I'm first. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What uh, Noel just sent something to our chat about uh, oh. James Tynan. Doing some Sandman stuff. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's it's in the April solicitations. It's um something country. So yeah. Something country. Dream country. I'll look it up. Keep going. All right. Um, although then I heard that I read a further article by him about it. He said that he loves a doll's house and maybe volume one also the most. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Those are probably, although great, my least favorite of right. the, you know, of the Sandman volumes. He's like, I really like the like personal horror aspects, and I was like, yeah, well, we'll see. James Tynan is usually pretty cool, um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. It, uh, it's Nightmare Country. It's called Nightmare Sandman Country. Nightmare Country. Uh, it will feature the Corinthian. Yeah. The it's the guy is fine. Like, where he's, he's got he's got teeth, but then in his eyes he's got teeth. Yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. mouths for eyes, and he wears sunglasses so that you know you can't see that. Well, I mean, I feel like I feel like you can't just go into a no. a random Seven Eleven and get uh, a hot dog with eyes. Yeah, with you gotta book Seven Eleven ahead. You have to. <laughs> you have, well, I mean, like go late at night with sunglasses. Don't just yeah. walk in three mouths no. blazing. 
<laughs> not getting that hot dog yeah. with no problems. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> right. and and oh, does I mean I haven't finished Sandman, but does he imbibe things through his eyes? I don't know, but I was just thinking if he got a hot dog, he should get two like pigs in a blanket. Also, oh right, two little baby eyes. hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I picture I mean, him with one of those beer hats, but with three straws. Uh, that would be cool. I don't. I don't want to discriminate against the smaller mouths in his face, so it's just one thing to eat, and then he takes separate bites. That's oh, cool. Just, That's cool. Depending on what's going on. Yeah. He's like, oh, hey, hey. I don't remember seeing him ever eat anything with those eyes, or even with his regular mouth. Well, he, <laughs> he's a, yeah. Isn't he a, a, a nightmare made manifest? He probably doesn't necessarily need to eat. No, he's got a different thing going on. So, <laughs> Brian, <laughs> what's your answer? <laughs> I guess it's that nightmare country. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, I wrote this question. I don't have an answer. Um, I added all of those addendums because I realized that we only really have solicitations till April. Yeah. If you really wanted to even look that far, but the idea being like, what are you looking forward to reading in 2022? So it could be something that you're sitting on. And I, I honestly want to finish Lucifer. I think that's what I'm looking most forward to, but I, nice. I've got so many, I've got a bunch of like runs that are waiting for me. I'm like sitting in front of them, you know, like finishing Lucifer, continuing Sandman, finishing Fla- uh, the Flash by Jeff Johns. So oh. the the runs that I had started in 2021, trying to juggle them while also, but also I actually think more importantly, and I did a dent last night, um, Saga. I read like six issues of it before bed because I'm too behind to start reading next week way too behind because i'm in issue 24 uh but by the time you know those collections start coming out i would like to be on on target because i mean if they did it like last time they'll do uh, six issues and then a break and then six issues and a break so i'm hoping that i can maybe get uh, I've never read it, and I. It looks so interesting that I bought. I think it started around the time that Lucifer ended. Ooh, what's that? You've got there, JD, that says Saga on it. Stickers. Stickers. So my, those are adorable. Mike, I don't know who the who the hell those people are, except the, maybe two of them. So my conundrum is: Will I read this fast enough to catch yeah. up on singles, or do I just right. spread it out? So right, I'm. Right. Halfway through the original run, issues start coming out this week. Do I just buy them and stockpile yeah, yeah. them? Yeah, yeah. Or do I just wait for collected editions of it's the a new tough stuff? Call. I have about two years worth of the first two years of Saga that I was just like doing what you described. That I'm like, oh, well, I'm gonna I, get to this. I'm at least in it. Like I'm, yeah, I'm at yeah, least yeah. in it. You, you were just like in hopes, and also too. Yeah. Do you still have all those original issues? I mean, I must, but you I don't need know to find if, them and let's price them with you because they will go for a lot of money. Would you like some extra speculator money? I mean, that would be cool, but the the barriers to me finding them are are difficult Numerous? to surmount. <laughs> uh, point me in the direction; I'll find them for you, and we'll, we'll <laughs> cut in and we'll sell them through JD. It'll yeah, but uh, but what do you think, JD? Should I should I put down for the single issues or? Just kind of wait for the trades. At the point because you're I'm at, so far behind. At the point you're out now, being so far behind, just do the trades. 
Especially, I mean, you can let us know next week after you read the newest issue for the podcast. If you want, how you yeah, want so to proceed. I, I know this was, I knew this was going to come up and I was probably going to abstain from reading <laughs> I know, it. I know. Is this what's yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I imagine what will happen is I'll do a thunder round on it. Even though it's the biggest title being released next week. Yeah. Um, uh, if not all by, month. I mean, that's arguable. I mean, it's the only title that's having a midnight release that sent me two stickers and bookmarks. So it's Uh, pretty. That is all their thing, right? Like that's all stuff that they do to try to make it the biggest title. Well, it's diamond biggest title. Yeah, it is a very, very big deal for fans. A very, very big deal. Sure, Um, but mine is uh, actually Noel stole mine. That son of a bitch. Um, I was going to say Saga. I'm catching up on Saga and I'm very excited. I'm only like one or like one and a half volumes away from catching up because I'm reading the big compendium and uh, I'm very excited to catch up and um, hopefully be on track. Also, Paper Girls. I never finished Paper Girls and I'm very excited to finally, I have the compendium of that as well and I'm very excited to finally finish that. So, yeah, that's that's another one I haven't finished. Hey guys, I just remembered that uh, the decorum trade is probably coming out in 2022 at some time. And I didn't get to that either, but I'm looking forward to the trade. I probably won't read it unless you make me. That was a, that was a fun, that was a fun short story. Eight issues. Yeah. Yeah. I think you would really like it, Brian. Cool. All right. I really enjoyed the first like three or whatever that, um, yeah, we, I think we read one or two of them for the show. We did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, and thank you for everyone joining us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. If you like what we're doing here, please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. We are finally updated with all of the podcasts on the, the stream, on the um, like iTunes and what have you stream. Uh, it's, always, it's, it's been... They've been... I've been lax in putting them up. Um, we have an editor, and he's been editing it for us, and they're all edited, and, and everything is up to date on the iTunes. So uh, we're going to be back on our schedule. We're going to live stream Monday nights, and then hopefully be able to add the shows to the iTunes stream, to the audio stream, uh, the very next day on Tuesdays. So we're going to try and keep, try our best to keep up with that. So my apologies if you're listening to this on iTunes. We just dropped eight episodes this week, so uh, enjoy them. Uh, the joy of doing this live is with you all in the chat, so pipe up. Uh, you can also email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com, and you can join the book club Facebook group. It's JD's Hero Complex Book Club, which is a Facebook group where um, we we post uh, all of the different things to, to vote on, what we're going to be doing for book clubs and movie clubs every Tuesday night. And that's where I post the zoom links for both of those aforementioned clubs. Well, with that out of the way, we've got letters. Oh, we've got, we've got letters. Oh, we've got one. Lots. (laughs) (laughs) One letter. This one's from uh, Chris St. Saucy. Good night. Ah, see, here's the thing. I, 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 um, What's the word? I copied the letter into our notes, but I did not copy the subject of the letter. So uh, I don't know what this means. At least I don't think so. 
<laughs> I can I can still taste things, but my body is sore and I have a cough. Oh, I guess he's feeling better. This is literally the first time I've been sick since the start of 2019, and honestly, I'm not sure how long before that I was sick. I'm double vaxxed, but not boosted. I took tonight off, and I'm hoping I'll wake up fit as a fiddle tomorrow. Usually, if I get the flu, it's like a 24-hour thing. Did you finish Plot Holes? It reminded me of Joe the Barbarian or a crossover. So, Chris, did you... What's the word? Kickstart plot holes or Indiegogo plot holes? Or you just, you said it reminded you of that because what we showed on the screen. Um, no, never mind. I, he answers the question. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was smaller than I was hoping for for the price uh, that I Indiegogo'd it, but I'm hoping maybe for a sequel. I enjoyed the new Scream, but of course I had issues, don't I always? If you haven't watched Black Bear on Amazon Prime or Hulu, I recommend. I don't know what Black Bear is. Do you guys know what Black Bear is? No. I do not. I've not heard of that one. Yeah. What did uh, I mean? Uh, Saint Saucy's in the um, in, in the, the chat. chat. What did he did he give his review of plot holes? No. How did you like it, Chris? Um, Other than did he you finish it was reading it? Smaller than he wanted it to be. No. Did you think it was? Did you finish it at all, Titty? No. I um I read one more issue since um. And I would not compare it to Crossover, um, or what was the other one? Um, Joe the Barbarian. Uh, Joe the yeah. Barbarian. Um, maybe uh, Joe the Barbarian in just style, obviously, because it's Sean Murphy. Same Martin, guy, but yeah. It is not like Crossover at all. Um, at all. Not even in... No. No, I don't think so. I mean, I guess it's fictional becoming real, but that's not even the context of Plot Holes. Um, also, Plot Holes is a, like... It's a lot messier than crossover. Like throughout the whole first issue, I was I was actually questioning like, so how does this work, and what are the stakes, and what's the purpose, and why, and so if they win, it's just a book, uh, okay. Um, whereas in crossover, it was a little bit more explained, at least from jump, so I know how things would work. So I, I don't know. I, I have so far. I'm gonna finish it, but so far I, I have a a meh impression of plot holes, especially for the hoops to get to it. Yeah. You know, which is, which is unfortunate. Oh, similar to Joe, the barbarian. It's a bunch of people from different genres coming together. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I the get toys that. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So glad you're feeling better. Chris ain't saucy. Good night. I love the new scream. I can't wait to go back and re rewatch it. Uh, if by myself, if I have to, I'd like to go see it in 4DX or whatever it's called, because I want to know what a horror movie's like with all the weird mist and the stab, you know, the the different, what do you call it? They, the little air jets? Air jets and shit. You know, the, your, the, your seat the immersive you. experience. That's the it. immersive experience. Yes. Yeah. Maybe uh, somebody will stab you ooh. when you're, when you're watching crossed. it. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the hey, books. Oh, well, Yes. I have a question. There's a giant bat symbol back in behind you, and uh, I'm just curious as to what that classic comic is. It's on your little wall of comics there. There's a Batman bat? comic? Oh, a, oh, that's yeah. Dark Knight Rises. Oh, bat I thought you said at Three. symbol, like at Johnny Destructive. No, no bat symbol. <laughs> I think it's book three and four. I've got some delightful books up there. Oh, yeah? There's a lot of really early, amazing Spider-Mans. Oh, sweet. Wait, is that the one? 
Oh, that's the a classic Spider-Man. first appearance of Kingpin. Nice. And this oh, is, is that the first uh, appearance of Kingpin? Mm-hmm. Yep. Dark Knight Returns 3. Sweet. And Dark Knight Returns 4. But yeah, dude, there's Amazing Spider-Man number 3 up there. Really? First appearance of Dr. Wow. Octopus. That's pretty cool. Is that a, a new thing from the for the shop there? Nope. Uh, newly newly put up. Newly, newly put displayed. Up. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's um, very cool. Yeah, there's also the death of Gwen Stacy, the death of Green Goblin, uh, Amazing oh. Spider-Man Annual number one by Stan Lee and Ditko. The first Is appearance the of the where... Sinister Six. Oh, <laughs> sweet. And also, I think that's like a bunch of other Marvel characters are in that, right? Like Thor is just kind of flying by in the background and he sees oh, him for he? a minute. Maybe. I don't I think so, think but maybe. I think that's the annual number one. Hmm. Uh, it's something early, but it was like a big deal. They're like not really part of the story. They're just kind of like, yeah. hey, Thor exists in the same world. Hey. You know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Bolero number one from Image Comics by Wyatt oh. Kennedy and Luana Vicchio. A woman running away from a broken heart discovers a mother key into parallel universes. The rules are, there are certain rules. Sorry. The rules are, the key can work on any door. The mother will only let you visit 53 different universes. Do not ask to speak to the mother. And never hop more than 53 times. So, I am super glad I did not read this solicitation yeah, that sucks. for the issue <laughs> before reading yeah. this issue. Uh, I had no idea what Bolero was. It, it was just, I was like, oh, it's a cool cover. And we wound up checking it out. And uh, I, I was in, like, before the, the big, the, the multiverse thing happens, I was already engaged. I, I was already really enjoying the story. It didn't have to have any big sci-fi twist or bend to it as far as I was concerned. I was just engaged in the story they were telling. And um, and then, shit, yeah, the multiverse thing happened, and I was like, oh, this is my jam! I love this shit! I love the multiverse! Give me some more! Which is very in the zeitgeist right now. Multiverses are... It's, it's, uh, it's new, it's hip, it's wow. Um, uh, or no, it's, it's hip, it's wow, it's now. Is that, is that what it is? From... Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3. Ted Raimi is uh, like in J. J. Jonah Jameson's office doing their new... It's now, it's uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. hip, oh, it's yeah. now, it's wow. Um, Which is so cool, right? Given that that was the reason that DC... One of the reasons that they said they were doing Crisis on Infinite Earths in 1985 was like, oh, people, it's too confusing yeah. having a multiverse. And I was always like, well, what's confusing about that? Yeah. Right? Like, it's not confusing at all. And it's cool that the, the idea of alternate universes is, um, you know, out there in pop culture now. Here's a pop culture connection. Uh, Hugh Everett, the, I think, original proponent, the physicist of the many worlds interpretation of quantum physics, um, has a son who is the lead singer of the Eels. Huh. Yeah. That's neat. I think they're a British I'm band. familiar with the Eels. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think, Brian? A Bolero? I liked it. I similarly to JD, like I was in. I was I was like into A, the cover looks awesome. It's a cool cover, which now that I look at it again, is like, oh, she's going through one of the doors that they talked about. But it was not, 
you know, it didn't give anything away, unlike that solicit. Um, it's funny. I don't think that that looks like a door until you know it's oh. a door. Like, I didn't yeah, know she exactly. would. Yeah. It was like, oh, it's a rectangle. Yeah. It's, a very, it's an artistic sort of thing. Yes. You know? Um, oh, and I didn't notice, actually, that the city up there on the cover. This is a cool yeah, cover. Right? Um, yeah. Yeah, very cool. The art style in general is cool. Um, it's got this, like, realistic cartoonishness. Mm-hmm. It's, um, Lu- it's Luna Brothers with better coloring. It's yeah, very Luna-esque. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it feels like China Clugston Major, Major meets uh, Becky yeah. Clunin. Yeah. And they, they sell this relationship well. It's most of the first book, is, or at least half of the first book, is devoted to this relationship that uh, these two women have. And I was, like, upset when it turns out, <laughs> you know, that they're not together. Yeah. I was like, oh, that sucks. Um, and, uh, you know, I really felt for the protagonist. And, yeah, just paging through it again, the colors are great. Now we get somewhere to the middle right here. It says part one, 53 hops left. And I notice that I'm on page 19 of 16. I was like, oh, man, you know, like I got a lot to go. And partially because I'm trying to read it quickly, you know, to, for the show. And the re- the back half, though, like flew by. Yeah. Um, it was very cool. And then, yeah, when we get to the multiverse twist, um, you you feel this woman's desire to go on this journey to, you know, they really painted a picture of her life and what she doesn't like about it. Um, and then the art in that scene is cool too. You know, it's pretty cool cosmic-y sort of stuff. Um, yeah, this right here. Uh, and the cat that she meets. Capgra? Yeah. Capgra. Capgra. What um, did you think, Unlike Noel? you guys, I, well, I di- so I'm, I'm one of those nerds that flips through the solicitations and like figures out what I want to sample. Um, I did read the solicitation three months ago, um, and it was enough for me to be like, yeah, I will absolutely try that first issue. Like, the idea of a romantic drama sci-fi, I'm like, yeah, that could be fun. Um, But I completely forgot about it, what it was about (laughs) by the time it came out. Um, So... It came as a surprise, but in kind of like that, I forgot, like I found $20 in my jeans when I was doing the wash kind of surprise. Like, oh, that's right. That's where I put that. That's why I wanted to read this. This is great. Like it was, it was just so delightfully done. And you guys are like, this is an oversized issue, but in no way whatsoever in any definition of the word, was it a struggle to get through? Yeah. It was was just, yeah, I felt like it was, it was so quick. In fact, I was like, ah, we're done. Yeah. 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 It's just so wonderfully paced. Um, I adore and hate the protagonist. Um, she's an asshole. She's yeah. a, a self-destructive, uh, manipulative human being. Um, but we spend so much time inside of her head that you don't demonize her like lesser stories would do. Yeah. And then there's, it, it's just, yeah, this was wonderful. This was just straight wonderful. And that last page shocker, which I don't necessarily think we should spoil i didn't know is just yeah i don't want you to keep going like uh it's just so so well done like oh so like this this story transcends multiverse and the self potentially this is this is really great this was just so wonderful this is the the best thing i read this week i think this is yeah i agree 
I agree. It's the best thing I read this week. It's also the first thing I read this week. I don't know why. I think probably because you had said, oh, Bolero is dope. So I think that's probably why I put it at the top of my stack. But I'm sure glad I did. I'm definitely going to. I'm assuming it's a miniseries. Or I don't know. Is it an ongoing because it's 53 universes? I don't know. Um, I, I think it's just a miniseries, but I believe they're all oversized, so it should be pretty hefty. Cool. Um, but I don't know if I officially have or not, but I would like to pull this officially. Yeah. This is a wonderful story. Yeah. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Um, so, yeah, if you if you guys are guys and gals and, and they, thems are out there and you want something to check out, um, especially if you want something a little queer uh, and sci-fi-y, Bolero number one, highly recommended. Get your mitts on it and give it a gander. Uh, all right. What's next? I'll tell you what's next. I'll tell you once I consult the notes. Ah, She-Hulk number one, Marvel Comics, Rainbow Rowell, and art by... Who? Roge. Roge. Roge Antonio. Roger? Roger? Roger Antonio. The best character ever is back in her own series and about to glam up the whole Marvel Universe. Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. the sensational She-Hulk, is no longer savage and needs to put her life back together. She's got a career to rebuild, friends to reconnect with, and maybe represent in a court of law, and enemies to... Well, she may not want to connect with them, but they are definitely going to connect with her. And the last page of this first issue is going to send Jen down a road she's never traveled, and that will shake up her life, and possibly the whole Marvel Universe. So I was excited by the cover, first of all, because Jen Bartel is delightful. Uh, I'm always happy to see Jen Bartel um, comic work. And... Um, at the the first, not, I guess it's not the first scene, but the main scene in the beginning, where Jen, can, oh, it is the first scene, the first, <coughs> second page, uh, Titania, yeah, Titania shows yeah. up, and their interaction is just wonderful. I, I absolutely yeah. loved their interaction so much uh, that made the book for me. The rest of the issue, I was like, oh, cool, this is fun, but it really is the opener on this that. It had me giddy. I thought it was super, super cool. I've never seen uh, this sort of outcome for a superhero, supervillain tete-a-tete before. So, yeah, uh, highly recommend. What did you think, Noel? Uh, I love this. Um, so I'm, I, was, I think I was already half in the bag um, as a fan of this before it even came out because... This past year, I finished the Dan Slott run of She-Hulk. I've never really read too much She-Hulk, um, but I was very into the character. And then I went back and read Rainbow Rowell's Runaways run, which I had always heard was great, but never read Runaways beyond, you know, Joss Whedon's six-issue thing, right? So to me, it's never, like, peaked. Um, and that was spectacular and i would say like rainbow rowell as a writer does with this exactly what she did with the runaways where the characters voices are perfect and it gives you an entry point without ignoring any previous continuity um it's just it's you're able to just kind of jump in with where it's at with something he, like so this this scene with titania it's adorable it's accessible and it is steeped in so much continuity, but it's done so like well and organically that it doesn't feel like, you know, a barrier. 
which is just great. Um, I love this. This this does read it very much like the Dan Slot run. The art's fantastic. Yeah, um, who, who's this? Yeah, this pl- artist that playful. I don't know the name of is wonderful. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I've never, I've, I've never heard of them before, but it's just, it's bright, it's colorful, it's playful, but there's weight to it. It's not just cartoony. Um, yeah, this is, this, again, like I read the, I set up the list of what we're talking about in order. These are the first two books I read this week, mm-hmm. and I was just fucking happy. Everything yeah. is just downhill from here because this was wonderful for me. Oh, um, this little thing, I, this little scene where she's uh, Jen um, finds her old wardrobe and puts on one of her old hats and is so happy that she just automatically turns into She-Hulk. That's uh, how I took that anyway. I don't think it like the hat is so big that she turns into She-Hulk. It just seemed like a like a, what's that character in Stardust when she's happy she glows. It just reminds me of that of like she's just oh, like yeah. oh I'm happy so now I'm She-Hulk because that's that's my happy place. Oh, that's interesting. And, also I didn't see it as that, but it makes sense. I thought it was she, just like, I want to be, I can be She-Hulk now. Yeah. I was, well, that too. The, um, the two, two scenes before she was afraid to rip her dress. Now she's like, fuck it. Yeah. yeah. And, and tears up her skirt. Yeah. I like that. What'd um, you think, Brian? Yeah. I think you may, uh, I, I thought it was great. Um, no, you mentioned the colors. I, and I think that adds a lot to it, right? The like brightness. <clears throat> of this of this coloration now i was primed to like it going in because it's she hulk she's a hulk related character and i think she's cool you know so i was like oh great she hulk book um i'm also happy to see her back to her um you know fully in control of herself you know same personality just in the she hulk body like i like that version of she hulk where she's just you know jen walters but is uh, big and green and powerful, um, lawyering it up as She-Hulk in the uh, in the courtroom and doing whatever she does, wearing the regular clothes. Um, so uh, the scene in the beginning that you mentioned, JD, was was great. I like. I don't know a lot about their relationship, but I get a strong sense of it just from this, and. I kind of had that impression before. Like I knew, I knew Titania and uh, Absorbing Man had gotten married and kind of retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that they are, they're like friendly. You know, they're that kind of like, you know, the the villain of the hero that they're like, look, I don't really, I don't really dislike you. I don't want to fight you. You know, both of them are kind of saying this. Like we've developed this rapport over the years. Um, I like that relationship, and I thought that this was a really well done version of that. And the character moments of her, she's like taking off her skirt in the middle of the street because yeah. she doesn't want to rip it because it's her only her only suit, which I still thought was a little odd. I was like, isn't she Jen Walters, lawyer, Avenger? Like, what's that? What's this all about? Um, but that was fun. I do wonder how, as She-Hulk, she got her shoes back on at the end of the fight. I don't care. Um, yeah. <laughs> I care. Um, <laughs> uh, unstable molecules. Unstable molecule shoes. Yeah, but Reed was like, I don't have enough for the skirt. Yeah, you didn't. Um, yeah, like she just grabbed him. That's fine. Yeah, she put them on. <laughs> yeah, she's. Yo, yeah, wait. And by the time, by the next panel, she's back to oh, you think uh, she's gen like size. Changing. She's down probably. At the time. Yeah, she's oh. probably changing down, and she's going down the stairs. All right. They could have used some. And who coloring. is this? What? Yeah, maybe just like a lighter green. Yeah, like who is this Mallory Book? Do we? She's new. Or is anyone familiar? Well, she's with the Mallory best lawyer Book? in okay. New York. Former Miss Utah. She's. Oh, is that she's right? in. 
she is in Dan Slott's run. She works oh. for the same law firm. They are competitors, and something happens, and she gets that scar. Oh, I do so not remember a, her. It's a frenemies. You may not have gotten there yet. I, it's okay. been a while since you jumped into that book. Well, we, I like, know. it's so good though. Forever ago. Yeah. Read it. I'm I had a, curious I had a to baby. See what happens? So, read it to you the baby. You forgot how to read. Just yeah. your baby can't read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, this the scene at the end. You know, famous, uh, famously uncared about Marvel character uh, shows up, and I was like, oh, cool. You know, let's see what's what. It, this seems like a good, like a good setting for the Jack of Hearts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I just so happened right behind me to have Avengers disassembled in front of me. Where doesn't he die in like the first three panels? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's been dead for a while. I don't think he's come back since then. No, no, no. This and it was um it was Janet and uh She Hulk that he walked up to and then exploded. Oh, she was there at the time? Yeah. In Avengers Disassembled? Yeah. Uh, how about that? Um, so there's a chat going on. So Rob, um, previous mm. previous co-host of the podcast, Rob is in the chat, and he was saying, "Hey, Noel, you should check out the um, uh, what's his nuts, Brian K. Vaughn, Brian K. Vaughn run of um, Runaways." Uh, and I had the same question, Noel, because the way you phrased it was, "I haven't read anything beyond Joss Whedon's run," and I wasn't sure if that meant I haven't read anything after Joss Whedon or after um, Joss Whedon's no. run, or I haven't read anything other than Joss Whedon's run. So I guess that's how Rob took that. No, and it's literally right there, all the hardcovers. I yeah, I've read Brian K. Vaughn's Runaways three or four times. I meant. It's the most engaging the characters have been since... It's right there. It's the most engaging the characters have been since Brian K. Vaughan left the book and Whedon had that really boring six-issue thing. Yeah. That's it. Did you watch the show? Uh, I watched the first, like, five or six episodes. It was not the book. Yeah. Yeah. I was excited for it. Then I watched a couple episodes and I got, I just forgot about it. Uh, all right, let's move on to Aerosmith behind enemy lines. Number one from image comics written by Kurt Busaic with art by Carlos Pacheco. What a team. Uh, it's world war one, but a war of wizards and dragons as much as bullets and barbed wire. Young airman Fletcher Aerosmith plunges back into the heat of war and finds himself behind enemy lines, facing a threat that could doom the Allied powers. The first issue in a new Aerosmith Universe miniseries. So, does anyone have any any um, background on Aerosmith? This is a, this is a series from 20 years ago. Um, what, it wasn't was Gen X. What, tangentially aware of its existence. Where was it originally published? Oh, I have no idea. Um, I was, was thinking it, it was uh, one of next those gen? next gen. I think it was a next gen book, which oh. was bought by DC. Right. Rob says Aerosmith was the bomb fifteen years ago. I wish you could have been on the show today to tell us about it because I got to say, I saw Busaic and Pacheco, and I knew that Aerosmith was beloved fifteen years ago, but I had never read it. 
But I was excited. I was like, oh, this is my chance. I know they're going to be releasing a hardcover of the original series, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I have a feeling maybe they should have released the hardcover of the original series first and not this sequel miniseries. But it, it was it was cute. Um, basically, you've got... Instead of pilots, you've got soldiers who have j colorful dragons and the dragons help them f walk on air and fly um and sometimes dragonettes yeah. little little dragons yeah little baby dragons and um other than oh and, and then there's like trolls and stuff there's all sort of magical creatures and it's this interesting do you notice places have different names too like um yeah. Like this is clearly an alternate reality that is still so, and they States have like yeah, the, the United States of Colombia um, and they've got uh, like a crossbows that shoot kind of like a magical energy yeah, kind of thing so, and, yeah yeah I got the impression I got is that it's just emerging like it's it's if uh, a Lord of the Rings style just actually progressed technologically towards hmm. like World War Two era so like. <laughs> The continent and the cultures are different. However, it does it's a facsimile of Europe and the United States, and in this kind of like, yeah, yeah. If you guys are curious, uh, Albion is a name for Britain in in this world, also in our world. Um, it's like a, an older name, and it, it kind of has those like mystical qualities now because it is old, but it is still like I think something that some people will refer to Britain as. If they want to be like old, old about it, old style, you know. I, the I the other, this was fine. Yeah, this was very strong. Um, it's a loads of cool ideas, but it still was very boring. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was just so many good ideas and so, like so much kind of coolness, but it just read so boring and i yeah. like war comics yeah i actually read war comics and I'm, I'm used to the prose and the action but it was just it's like I, i'm not sure what to put my finger on it it feels like so much happened but nothing happened thank you i was reading this and i was having trouble making forming an opinion about it because there's so many times i was like oh that's a cool idea oh yeah, that's all really cool, cool. As shit how cool is that but then i was also kind of like Am I bored? How am I bored with all of these cool <laughs> ideas? Um, okay, it's not just me. Brian, what'd you think? No. Um, yeah, this seems like a book that would probably be a lot more engrossing had we read the original Aerosmith, yes. right? And if we were like, oh, more of the Aerosmith world that I'm already into, and, and this guy, I think, is... The main oh, yeah. character? I'm not sure. Um, uh, like his name is Aerosmith, and I assume yeah. it's the same. Be weird you know, if it it's wasn't. Not like his, <laughs> well, if it was like his his dad or brother. Right, yeah. But it would be weird if it wasn't. Um, yeah, it, it has the, the feel of like a... Um, here's a story in, in the holes of the other story kind of thing. Or not that it takes place during it, but just... Um, yeah. So I, I think I think it came to fruition for me, my opinion of it, like at the very last page. So this is just plot wise an incredibly engaging little 
narrative for the first issue. We are introduced to a to a mission. It's our ordinary world. Um, he falls from the sky. All is awry. Oh my god! And then six weeks prior. In that six weeks prior story, we learned that it was always the plan for him to fall out of the sky and be embedded behind enemy lines. That middle piece to give me that information felt like a four hour long interlude. They took me out of the action and I sat with a troll having beer for 45 minutes. It was just such a smash cut. Uh, like maybe it was necessary. Maybe they could have interspersed it with the battle better. But it just the way that this issue was constructed was it felt like homework. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. I didn't even yeah. notice that that is what happened. Yeah, it, it's yeah. It's in the prose in the middle of the page. Like he reveals that it was always the plan um, because he hangs yeah. out with the troll forever. Because he hangs out with the troll. Higher ups are like, yeah. you like trolls? Will you yeah. go on this mission? So his relationship with the troll, that whole the whole entire scene, it adds color to why they asked him to go on this mission, but it has nothing to do with the actual mm. plot of the book. Mm. So we spend all this time just kind of filling in back matter, but it halts the, the, the momentum of this issue, and it's just kind of like, Ugh. Yeah, so I assumed that that was like, that he was a troll, a guy that we had met before in the previous, you know, he's like a main character and their Maybe. friendship is big. So this is like, oh, it's cool to see, you know, if we were reading a book and there was a scene where Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent were hanging out for a while, we'd yeah. be like, oh, but that was fun. But I, don't, I wouldn't know. compare it to that, though, because you have a shorthand. They're just pop culture icons. There's no shorthand for this unless you read a book from 15 years ago. and Well, that's what I mean. Mechanics of it. Yeah, like had had you already read the original Aerosmith, then maybe if he is a main character in it, then maybe you'd be like, "Oh, fun!" You know, but he's hanging out with the guy from the other one. I would you know, also that kind of I, thing. then it would have then that if that's the case if that's the case or if I was wanting to get that across, then that scene would have had some brevity to it because mm. there's always an understanding or or shorthand that they know each other from previous stories. Yeah, and this one, they actually, it was almost like a weird conversation or, or inorganic conversation of, remember that time we did that thing? Of course I remember that time you did that thing. Remember when we did that? Of course I remember that. I'm sorry we were like that when we were kids. No problem. Like it just, it was yeah, pitter-patter yeah. that went nowhere towards the actual main plot. Yeah, that was, that, it was, then yeah. rituals got to come up, right? Like they were. Probably, but it's yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. It just felt like, these creators are fantastic. Oh, he's this, one of my favorite writers. Yeah. This felt wanting. Now, yeah. I do want to go back and actually read the first Aerosmith. Like, I'm interested, but this issue it was kind of boring. Rob Beatty uh, mentions, he, he wonders if listening to Aerosmith would help. And I'll tell you, when I saw the book, like the little tiny thumbnail, I was like, Aerosmith. <laughs> what? what? Only it, uh, Rob. The answer to your question is yes, but only later Aerosmith, like on nine lives on. No, no, no. Oh, past that too. Past living on the edge. Like, yeah. We're talking like the truck commercial Aerosmith. <laughs> that's just terrible. Like that's what you should listen to when you read this. I don't know if I can name a single Aerosmith. Living on the that's edge. Now I could. Loving an elevator. 
Love in the elevator. I don't know that one. What dude looks like a lady? Ah, uh, there we go. With Run DMC like sometimes. From no, this that's Downfire. That's a uh, walk this way. Run DMC. Oh, who did dude looks like a lady? They did, but not with Run DMC. Not with Run DMC. They did it by themselves. They did it by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, sweet emotion says Rob Patey. All right. Oh, they uh, did sweet emotion. Oh, that's a great song. Uh, okay. Hey, hey guys. Guess what? <laughs> if you want to help out the show, if you like what we're doing, like, comment, subscribe, do all of those things. Share it with your friends. Tell all your buddies. Come hang out with us Monday nights at 9 p.m. Uh, or join us on our iTunes. In addition to liking and subscribing on YouTube, you can join us on Facebook, uh, look for Cult Pop Podcasts. You can become a patron and help us out that way. If you go to patreon.com slash johnnydestructo, you can help us out there. If you don't have any money, you can just uh, hang out with us. Just come join us, get in the chat, uh, and engage with us. And uh, we'd love to have you here chatting about comics and pop culture and all the other hullabaloo. Um... Let's move on to X Lives 10, 10? X, X Lives of Wolverine number one. Marvel I, Comics. I think it's Same 10. Trouble. 10 I lives. I didn't know which one it was either. I mean, it, it makes sense if it's 10. 10 lives and 10 deaths, especially well, there's reading There's 10 the of them comic. on the cover, too. Yeah, oh. 10. Let's go with nice. 10. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> 10 Lives of Wolverine number one from Marvel Comics, written by Ben Percy, with art by Joshua Kassara, Logan. James Howlett, Weapon 10. The mutant best known as Wolverine has lived many lives under many identities and in many places, but never before has the fate of the future been so entwined with the past. Fan favorite, oh, I'm sorry, fan favorite eras of Wolverine saga are explored anew, <coughs> along with never before seen episodes as Logan must travel to various points in time to prevent the death of a key figure in mutant history. But these lives aren't the only one side of the story. Be here for the start of the time shredding saga across all of Wolverine's history and future yet to come. <laughs> Uh, fuck. It's a long solicit. I mean, I think we got the gist of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, already. I yeah, just, yeah. uh, also the book. You didn't uh, it? The book, book was so boring. Um, I don't care about what's happening. I, okay, I have not read anything that leads into the series. I am assuming that somebody somewhere <laughs> led into the series, uh, and this didn't just come out of nowhere. Um, Noel had answers for me um, before I even read the book. It was basically Quantum Leap. So Wolverine and Omega Red, a character I've never cared about at all, are, <laughs> are uh, Scott baculing uh, into their bodies um, in order to fight each other because Omega Red wants to kill Professor Xavier... And, and Jean Grey is even there as a hologram that only Logan can see and hear, I believe. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's Days of Future. I, I'm the the movie version of Days of Future Past, where the consciousness is hmm. shifted forward and backwards in time. Via is that not what happened in the comic she, version? I don't fucking remember. It's been forever. 
so I didn't want to be like called out that I'm talking about the movie and not the book. I, I don't remember the future exploits, but yeah, it's um, I've not been reading the Wolverine title. I presume the Omega Red of it all is in there or starts in there, but the idea I didn't hate this. I'll just start with that. Great. The idea of a uh, onslaught. <laughs> Of a, a an onslaught of murder attempts or assassination attempts on Professor Xavier across his entire timeline, I thought that was pretty interesting. And the only character that was around in some form throughout the entirety of his lifeline or his timeline is Wolverine. So pushing his consciousness into each like danger area or rift in Xavier's timeline to save him from being murdered. That is a cool concept on paper. This issue is a little is a little sloppy. (laughs) It's a little all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little sloppy. It's a little all over the place. Um, It does not really set up the ordinary world very much. However, this is one of those things too where like form and function. This is a Mm. weekly comic. So They, it's, yeah, so it's X live or 10 lives and 10 deaths of Wolverine. They're alternating five issues a piece. So like a 10 week event. Um, I presume the 10 deaths is maybe the versions where he doesn't succeed. I don't know. But this is just, it's a cool concept. I like, it was creepy. The art was pretty dope, but it still just feels like a zero issue. It feels like there's, like just concept without um, real meat on the bone yet. That's what it is. I uh, don't care. There's nothing happening in yeah. this that I care about. I'm not emotionally attached to anything. Uh, I don't know who this is. Like the whole back half of the issue was a little bit of like teasing, but I, I don't have enough of a grounding to really care. So like, I think this might, this might be something a couple weeks from now we find out like this is dope. But as far as this issue goes, it's just a little slight. Like, it's not very heavy. Yeah. What'd you think, Brian? Uh, I dug it, too. Um, I I thought it was a fun, like, Wolverine kind of story. It's not the kind of thing that didn't have me on the edge of my seat, right? I was like, this is largely inconsequential, for one thing. And um, no. uh, Rob Patey says it was Kitty who went ahead in time in Days of Future Past. But it, it was, was the mental thing, though. right? Yeah. Yeah, right. like it was only her, yeah, her consciousness that traveled back and forth. Um, uh, correct us if we're wrong, Rob. Uh, looks way better than that Doc Ock nonsense we read the last art? week. Yeah, the art, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, Wolverine has never been my favorite character, but he's he's cool, he's fine. Um, and uh, Xavier is up there, so I was like, oh, that's, that's fun. You know, it's a fun idea. He's going through Xavier's timeline, you know, being, being popped in to stop Omega Red from, you know, presumably stopping all of the X-Men before it happened. You know, the classic classic going back in time by a bad guy kind of thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, we get to see different eras of Wolverine. That's probably fun. I wonder if when he is with other heroes, if they will help, you know, if they'll be involved. He'll, like, you know, be in some instances if, where he can if do he that. he can even say, right? I Like... That's yeah. that's part of it too. Like I, I think I have knowing that this is weekly. I think I probably have 
more patience with it, knowing that I'm not waiting 30 plus days mm, for mm-hmm. simple answers to be questioned or questions to yeah. be answered. Yeah. Like the rules. Whereas if this was monthly and like a five ninety nine issue, it's like nothing oh, happened. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I like Ben Percy a lot too. So yeah, I'm the kind of, good. I'm no, the, the, the writer. writer. I'm, Oh, he was the writer. I'm kind of, all right. Be, I, I, there's some writers that I just trust to give them a little extra time. Mm. Ben Percy is one of them. So I could totally be proven wrong that this is abject boredom, but fingers crossed. I don't know. Mm. Um, I'll tell you though, the art does really fit Wolverine, even though Ben Percy yeah. is the writer, not the artist. <laughs> it's, uh, Joshua Kassara. Yeah. Yeah. Really good Wolverine art. And, um, I like the line, uh, about how even though even though Wolverine is like much much older than Xavier, he says he's the closest thing to a father that he has. Um, that was cool, uh, and so he's at one point he hops into this uh, like kind of war or something that I think Weapon X is you know the Weapon X team is is going after, and he doesn't remember it. And I found myself wondering what Wolverine's deal is right now. Does he? Does he remember? Is he? Does he remember his history? Yes. And he's just like, so this is unusual that there's something at this point even that he doesn't know. He remembers his history, but I mean, he's he's also just been alive a long so time. Old. I don't think yeah, he remembers yeah. the details of every mission, yeah. or you know, like what he ate the other day, kind of thing. Right. You know, like, I always thought when they when they did the origin of Wolverine, I was like, that was pretty cool. But I always pictured him being like real old, you know, like Dawn of Man kind of old. But, like old uh, guard old. Yeah. 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 But not the deal. Um, so how does Krakoa and the helmet hmm. send Wolverine into his own body? Know. And OK. Well, that's, J.D., that's, it's. A helmet uh-huh. on Krakoa. Oh, so oh. yeah. Now he goes back in time. I mean, I, I again, I, I don't know. <laughs> the, the rules aren't like I said. The rules aren't established yet. But because it's yeah. weekly, maybe we'll get some answers very quickly, as opposed to it just being hanging. Yeah. But X Men logic stands to reason. His same body transferring consciousness because the most powerful telekinetic is able to blah 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 and. I don't know. He's got that helmet, which is like amping up. Well, the helmet, the helmet at all times is constantly, it's amping up his abilities, but it's also constantly like codexing and then resaving consciousness of all mutants at all. So like it's dropboxing all the mutants all the time. Yeah. If, if, if they, if they just planted a seed and it turned into a stargate for them to go back and forward in time, I'd be a little less forgiving than, Traveling consciousnesses. Yeah. Hmm. So I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't like, care. Oh, Krakoa grew this plant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to bother with this. Yeah. Uh, it was I was and I was um, as interested in it as I anticipated being. <laughs> I heard this was coming, and I was like, I am not going to care about this. And then it was you, true. You, let's have a let's have a really quickly let's have a larger com- uh, a larger X Men conversation. You've pretty much just like backed off X Men. Right? Boom, done. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, the only off. thing that I'm going to catch up on is um the say it inferno <laughs> say inferno. it yeah. yeah i want to yeah. read inferno yeah, like because you guys yeah you guys were saying how or noel was saying how good it is and how it really wraps up the um the run by hickman 
So that's all I care about yes. right now. I, you know, that, um, although go ahead, keep talking. Well, before our, our, our last couple of books, surprise topic, converse, conversation topic, Whoa. um, who or what could potentially incite you to come back into it came. There oh, oh, that's the best. Hold that's, fast. That's uh, that bad boy's going behind me. Yeah. Uh, and my, my, Zoom calls for work. For anyone who's listening on the podcast version of this, uh, I'm holding up a pop vinyl, number 952. It's Kate Pride with Lockheed, and she's got the dope-ass uh, captain's outfit, and she's got her knuckles up, and it says hold fast on her knuckles with the tattoos, and it's got Lockheed. Marauders, baby. Dope as shit. I'm sorry, go ahead. What would bring me back? Oh, uh, yeah, what would bring you back to X-Men? What, what creator, what story, what characters would possibly make you think like, huh, I'll give that a shot. What The way it feels to me right now is that Hickman started off, he had a plan, and editorial and marketing said, oh shit, this is really going well, let's not, let, let's not end it ever um, until the sales... Clone started. Saga, Death of Superman. Style. Clone Saga, yes! I feel yeah. like Death of Superman wasn't bad, I feel like Death of Superman at least had mostly a plan. Mm. Clone Saga, yeah. they literally were like, keep this going because it's making money. Don't stop. So then it, we, were, we were in a holding pattern for, all, for, for years. For two years, we were in a holding pattern with Ben Riley and, and oh, he's the real Spider-Man. No, Peter's the real Spider-Man. No, Ben's the real Spider-Man. Get the fuck out of here. So that's yeah. how I feel right now. I feel like we started off so, so strong with the best X book in decades. And now they were like, yeah. holding pattern. Don't stop it. Just We're just going to keep going. What if we did? Uh, maybe Wolverine. You know what? Wolverine puts on a helmet and he goes back to his own body. We all remember Quantum Leap. He's got to do something. What's he got to do? Hey, Bob, what's he got to do? Xavier? Uh, why? 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 Okay, doesn't matter. Let's go. Let's go. Um, that's how I feel this whole run is um, currently with the X-Men and all of the books. I don't care. Yeah, I actually... Um Hickman Hickman essentially confirmed that like when they did Hawks of Pox he said like I've got a plan but there's a good chance that this could turn into giant size X-Men where it just becomes an era yeah. and I'm just and I don't we just sit in it for a while and yeah, yeah no I, now, I agree um, the, the, if people if, if Noel or other people say yeah. oh man this new Marauders run because I know they're starting a new Marauders run um, there's the secret X-Men's coming up um a couple other books. I do hear if, some, if someone says, oh, this sounds dope, or this is dope, you should read it, then I might jump in. But I'm back to how I used to feel about the X-Men, which is there's too many of them all the time. I don't care. Did you read The Exiles, J.D., when it was out? Oh, yeah. That book was awesome. But, oh, Judd Winnick, Exiles. Yeah. reality. So uh, before J.D. answers, um, I will follow writers and all the I writers Hickman right now right off the book yeah all all <laughs> the all the writers right now are are solid but they're not writers that make me you know go out of my comfort zone to try something else i like jerry duggan fine um but he left marauders and eh. um um steve orlando is taking over marauders oh, i have she, never no, read anything never from steve orlando that i enjoy ever get it he co-wrote something that i liked once um <laughs> Uh, and yeah, it's just, it feels, it feels like treading water. There's tons of treading water. Now, when they, when they release stuff like this, not saying that this was good, but this like 
these mini events, these these little shorts that are supposed to be accessible and just like kind of quick hits. Depending on the uh, creative team, I'm like, yeah, I'll sample that just like this. But as far as X Men books go, yeah, it's like it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, I'll wait till Hickman comes back to finish his story. When is it? I thought. Like it started, Inferno started and ended already, didn't it? Or Yeah, but it's Inferno essentially is like the end of the first I gotcha. act, phase, uh, era. I see. And now yeah. we're in stasis and there is somewhere out there Hickman's end to Oh, okay. Coup de Gras. The Krakoa, yeah. Mm. Not unlike Love of Mercy. I think of it as like, uh, I don't know if you guys, I know JD did, but like uh, Morrison's new X-Men. It's like that. It's a, it's a, it's an era. They, they spent a lot of time in it. And then eventually Whedon came and kind of judged it up and made it something different. It's, it's yeah. that. So Hickman is like penciled in to come back and finish that little end. And then we'll see what happens next. You know what? As an idea. What would, I'm sorry. Oh, it's it's a cool kind of era, right? Like, yeah, yeah. As as a concept of like, oh, hey, all the mutants are together. They're on this island. They they're immortal. You know, it's it's cool. Um, but I'm right with you, JD. I was like, the the initial stuff was awesome, and I really wanted to find out about that. Marauders was great, and then it kind of ballooned into just a lot of stuff, which is fine. I mean, it's what they're doing with the X books now, and having a lot of Xbox is something that is financially lucrative to them. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just kind of lost track. I lost interest. I liked Excalibur also. Like there were a lot of books that I liked Yeah, and Same. you know, as a, as an X era, it's cool. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm reading it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin's in the comments saying X-Men is impenetrable for me. I totally get that hundred percent understand. Um, and to answer your question, Noel, what would what would get me to what would bring me back? Kevin also commented, "Anything come of the implied thruple with Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean? I would come back for a Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean <laughs> book about their that would be cool about their about their relationship. They're like, yeah. I guess it's not. Maybe, is it polyamorous? What does that classify as? But like." I'm hecka interested in that. I think that sounds cool as hell. Um, yeah. They could go also on. impenetrable. Ah, <laughs> super I, penetrable. Um, but, would uh, it be good? So, like right now, it's in the shadows. Like it's it's heavily implied, but no one really talks about it. Just like with Wolverine's actual origin, I feel like if they did explicitly tell the story, it would be wanting. Like yeah. it would be. It wouldn't be great. Like I, I would need it, it to like be a, an indie book. Like a I don't 50s think... style sitcom yeah. with an well, you know, that like, kind of thing. Even in this, he talks about how no one's ever loved him like she has. And, and yeah, he yeah. has never had a... So, like, they talk about it. They Fuck, there was even some issues where Cyclops and Wolverine flirted with each other. Yeah, that's what I'm talking oh. about. That sounds cool. So, like... Send, them, send the three of them on the, missions. It's in the shadows. It's in the backwards. Yeah, send the three of them on missions, let them flirt and have relationship troubles and all sorts of the stuff that you usually do, but for the first time in a major Marvel book. And full penetration. Full penetration, yes. 100%. (laughs) Yeah, I want a DP on every page. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't have to be the same person all, yeah. all the same time. Yeah, but finger cuffs. DP. Finger cuffs. Yeah. DP. Just like alternating. <laughs> alternating. Yeah. Eiffel Tower. Go. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's. Oh, ooh, we, oof, gosh. So, sorry, oof. everyone. Um, so we're Batman, keeping it real PG, right? Yeah. For this. Matt, sorry. <laughs> no apologies here. Night number one from DC Comics by Chip Zdarsky and Carmine Di Giadomenico. The origin of Batman and his never-ending fight against crime in Gotham City is modern mythology. But what about the story in between? How did an angry, damaged young man grow into the most accomplished detective and crime fighter the world has ever known? How did the Dark Knight begin? Boy, finally. Oh, I can't tell you how many, how many decades I've been asking for why don't they just show us like Batman beginning or, you know, like, I don't know, year one of Batman or right. like how would a boy turn into that kind yeah. of man? God how damn. could it happen? Um, I, when I saw that they were doing this, I was like, I'm getting old, man. I don't I don't care. It's just showing us more about Bruce Wayne training to become Batman. OK, uh, that being said. It wasn't bad. I actually quite enjoyed it. It, it was. It was very. It was actually very engaging. Uh, the art by Dia Germenico is top notch as always. I've really grown to appreciate that artist, um, who I think I originally found in the pages of Hellblazer. Um, so it's kind of cool that he's doing big main books now. Um, but yeah, this is this was actually very very good. I, I, I was into it. I was engaged the whole time. I liked the um, Hugo Strange storyline and sort of how that wrapped up i thought was very cool uh very very batman very bruce um so yeah i actually as, as much as i was like poo-pooing this and everything I, I came out of it going all right shit that was pretty good did i need it no could i have read something else that i that i would have brought something new to my life absolutely i still enjoyed it what did you think brian um, I liked it. I, I went into it with about the same feeling. I was like, oh, another another uh, Batman origin story. Um, and I, I found myself thinking this is a part of it that I haven't necessarily seen or at least not often. Hmm. Um, you know, that kind of just before he goes on his, his uh, like world world tour of knowledge and skills and that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it, it was interesting. It was interesting how he's kind of doing his Batman stuff years and years before he becomes Batman, you know, without knowing what to do. Um, it, but also the layered nature of there's this bully and he stops the bully from bullying this kid and then torments the bully in secret so so much so that the bully is like psychologically damaged enough to withdraw from school. Yeah. Yes. I, I would like to. I'm sorry. The, the other. I got. I got to jump into this real quick. The other problem I'm having with Batman recently is the conclusion coming to the conclusion that the shit he does is just police brutality on a bigger level. Hmm. Um, oh yeah. It's it's really come to light in the past couple of years with all of the all of the news things that are have been going on, and it was 
it was brought into clarity even more so when the new Batman trailer dropped. And he's, he's having a conversation. They're at a funeral, I think, and they're walking down the middle aisle. And uh, there's a conversation happening where a woman's going, your parents were philanthropists. And from what I can tell, you're not doing anything. And he does this cute little smirk. Like, I'm Bruce Wayne. I'm going to smirk. You don't know that I'm really. And it cuts to him absolutely destroying a car with his car. Like, it flips over a bunch of times. It's on fire. There's an explosion. And that's supposed to be the, ha-ha, you think I'm not doing anything. What I'm doing is endangering lives a lot uh, with my macho bullshit. So I'm, there's something about the character that's sort of rubbering me the wrong way right now. It's just my place in, in the world as it exists in, in IRL, I guess, um, where it's like, ha-ha, I'm... I'm murdering people or sending them into the hospital instead of getting them actual help. Um, so it's that sort of thing that's been sort of bugging me about this character lately. And reading this issue, I'm a big Halloween fan, the movies. And I've been reading the adaptation, the novelization of the 1978 John Carpenter's Halloween. And in there, there is a segment of Michael Myers and... Um, he, uh, you know, Dr. Loomis is reporting about how this child is interacting with all of the other inmates at um, Smith's Grove. And it's basically what happens here with Bruce Wayne and this bully, which is someone gives Michael Myers even the mildest of inconveniences, pisses him off, and then that person is tormented, but no one ever sees Michael do it. Um, the, the water turns scalding. Uh, terrible things happen to, to these kids and it's all obvious because it's Michael Myers. Um, and so reading that and this and having it be Bruce Wayne, it, it rubs me even more the wrong way. It just, it, it really sort of, I, I'm having trouble expressing myself, but it, the fact that I was relating Bruce Wayne to Michael Myers might be a problem. Hmm. Go ahead. No, what's up? Uh, well, I think Brian turned, oh, I'll put his hand up because I have a couple things I'd like to comment you know, with you. They, yeah. They actually do mention that. They do address that, J.D., in, later in the book. Um, he wants to become a cop, and uh, and his love Girlfriend? interest is like, yeah, is like, you. we don't need another angry cop on the, you know, on the force. Right, um, which yeah. is you great. You need to become something else. It, was, an, it yeah. was a wonderful scene. I was like, oh, cool. If this wasn't Batman... This right. would be a great scene because what Bruce does right. with that information is, ah, I just won't be beholden to other cops and the law. Right. I, I will do, do the same thing. I, I will do the same yeah. thing. How I will hurt people however I want, and then I'll just flitter off to my my mansion. I I mean I don't. I hate I hate being in a position to potentially like um, defend a fictional character. But <laughs> you don't have to. But, it's just uh, my takeaway from the character recently. That's all. I, I, I don't like um, previous versions. The, the Frank Miller version of the character. Yes, I do think that that's accurate. Your assessment is he's just a bully of bullies and he's not actually changing anything other than just perpetuating the cycle of violence. Mm -hmm. The more modern version, I think, is a little bit more nuanced than that. Mm -hmm. The working outside of the law because the law is as corrupt as possible. And the way that this book doesn't shy away from the fact that he is a bully, he is fucked up. Every opportunity that that um, 
um, Alfred gives him to kind of find his path, he turns it into another weapon. Even the library, he turned into a weapon, which was just so cool. Like I loved the, 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 uh, the dynamic between Alfred and Bruce in this and not shying away from the fact that he is damaged and he's violent and he's shitty. Mm. I like that. Um, in regards to the trailer for the new movie, um, I loved that conversation in the trailer of you're not doing enough because he's not, I didn't, I, I didn't do the smash cut as I didn't like think of the smash cut as a prove you're wrong. SJW. I saw it as uh, I think that like, I, I suspect no, like that, that is going to be kind of a ongoing conflict in the movie. Hmm. He thinks he's doing something good, but he can't be emo boy and just beat people up to actually make a difference in Gotham. I, this is supposed to be like year one and a half, year two. Year two. Yeah, yeah. So I hope that that's actually the arc of the movie. The you That'd think cool. you're making a, a progress, but you need to like do it in the daytime also. Like, yeah, that's also, my why hope. is he not? Why is he not being a philanthropist? Like being Batman takes a lot of time, but you can't write a check. Just give well, I money think, to these I, I actually think places. like I, because they put that scene in the trailer. I think that yeah, that's yeah. probably going to be a larger yeah. plot point that he is not smart enough yet to juggle two personas. Yeah, because yeah, he's not he's not like going to cocktail parties and writing checks in the in the trailers. He's right. training and being a little shitty emo boy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He's staying out of public like, sight. Yeah, yeah. Kevin That's is interesting. In the, uh, Kevin that would be really in interesting if it goes that way. Comments making very good points. Yeah, Batman is yeah, best when pun- Batman is best when punching up, not punching down. Batman versus Darkseid, awesome. Batman versus doped up drug dealer. Kind of sad. That's it. I think that's it. If if when he's dealing with when he's on the Justice League, right, and he's that Batman, cool as shit. I, I love that guy. Yeah. But yeah, when when we're dealing with real world Batman, like we did with Christopher Nolan's stuff and with this upcoming Batman movie, the Batman, I guess it's called. I, I have trouble rooting for the guy. So uh, yeah, that I like to see him actually doing detective work, not just blowing other people's cars yeah. up with his car. You know what I mean? Yeah, they did the the my favorite Batman stories are the ones I mean, save from the ones where he is the underdog and just preparation and information and knowledge gets him where he needs to be. But the ones where he's solving a crime and he doesn't have to beat anyone up because just the his presence and his entry into the story is enough to scare whoever it needs to scare or put whoever it needs to put away. Like I love the the smaller short stories where he does tackle a drug dealer, but it's not beating them up and hanging them upside down and making a, a, a show of it. Just more like getting them put away or this or that, or just showing up in a door frame and they drop their weapons cause they're fucked. Like that's, those are my favorite like versions of it. Not mm-hmm. the extra martial Mm. militant yeah. fascist batman yeah. i feel like fascist that batman yeah. has i feel like that has a bit gone away more or less in comics in general like drug dealers are less often the enemy and if they are it's like no this is some this is some bad like really hurts the people and enslaves them to the drug kind of drug you know what i mean um 
Now, whether or not, like, and he never beats up the drug users, yeah. just the people who are pushing it. I mean, now, yeah. um, the <laughs> idea of, you know, drug and drug treatment is, is much more complex than that. But I, just, uh, I picture, I picture you, Christian Bale with his bat voice going, I'm going to get you the help you need. <laughs> 28 days <laughs> we're gonna do the 12 steps um, together swear to me this uh this scene where alfred is repeatedly where's your coin <laughs> uh alfred is repeatedly like uh, very disappointed in yeah. young oh, bruce I wayne it. i love it yeah and i think that that will be that that will be an arc of this book is yeah. this is not Batman learning the skills necessary to be Batman. This is him learning the restraint necessary to be Batman. Excellent point. Um, and also too, like the the last page of this book, it kind of does like a preview of what's to come with mm. the characters that are showing up in this book. And I was actually surprised. Like Hugo Strange is kind of probably going to be sticking around. This mm. girlfriend that I don't know anything about. Um, uh, sure Ducard been around before. Uh, yeah, she might be new. Yeah. Uh, Ducard showing up. His you know like the guy that trained him at certain, during certain like mm. versions of Batman. Like I like we, I, I complain about being Batman out and I've seen his origin story. I don't give a shit, but if these six issues are going to sit in this era and actually explore it, that might be fun. That might be a fun story to, to read. Right. Just and it is Chip's really deal with it. Yeah. 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 So, um, I've been, I've been zooming in on this page here because I'm looking, if you don't read the text here, this is the scene from <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home or in Spider-Man, uh, Homecoming with, um, uh, the vulture in the front seat and he's turning around to, to threaten, um, Spider-Man. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Like, looks- these four panels look like that scene. <laughs> Never seen Alfred so angry. Yeah, it's great. I, I love. Yeah, and that's the other problem that I have with with sort of the the characters sometimes is how, like I don't think Alfred would be would go along with half of the shit Bruce does for Bruce's own good. Like I'm just going to bring you. I always picture it as I'm going to bring you cucumber tea. sandwiches and some tea. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. You know. Well, I always picture it as, like, he, you know, Bruce Wayne goes off for a while and is completely out of communication and then comes back, and he will not be swayed. You know, it's like, I'm going to go and do this thing. And Alfred tries to talk him out of it, but then, you know, there was something that happened early on that he's like, all right, I'm not talking him out of it, and he is actually helping you know, he's stopping, yeah. he's helping these people and stopping these other people. from. Yeah, them. like um, Alfred's more, not so much as co-signing it, just mitigating risk. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but I think, do I, you know, later on in their relationship or later on in his crime fighting days, it is co-signing it because he has yeah. seen Bruce grow into what he is. And he's like, but you like can't stop. You know, the world needs you. <laughs> you know, you, and I'll help you do what you need to do. Um, Hal in the comments says, I'm out. After Batman, Catwoman, I'm out. Um, and Kevin says, I too have started feeling bad for all the henchmen that he just demolishes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. And then Mars says, well put, Brian. Very well put. Thank you. 
whatever you said. It's well done. I don't remember what it was, but you did it well. Good job, buddy. I think it was the thing about Batman and restraint. That's my that's my guess. All right, yeah. let's see what's up next. It's oh, we're gonna stay in the Bat family. Catwoman number thirty nine with DC Comics, written by Teeny Howard, with art by Nico Leon. Meow. Catwoman is bored of Alleytown and has returned to Gotham City proper for bigger fish to fry and to go back to doing what she does best, stealing crime boss secrets for blackmail and looking damn sexy while doing it, of course. New ongoing series writer Teeny Howard makes her DCU series debut, writing the Cat of the Night, placing Catwoman in her first blackmail heist disguise as a stripper at Gotham's most secure underground club. Oh, Catwoman hiding in plain sight in five-inch platform heels at a gathering of Gotham's crime elite while surrounded by all the beautiful women and other shiny things to look at? What could possibly go wrong? The, who fucking wrote this? God damn it. Uh, it's, more words than, it's more words than the goddamn issue, but yeah, sure. Jesus. <laughs> Oof. Uh, okay. This is another book that I didn't realize was flashing back for a while. It was like... Until they flash forward again, I was like, oh, that was a flashback. <laughs> uh, actually, um, uh, uh, first of all, wonderful cover. This is a delightful cover. Yeah. I love it. She's yeah. wearing the wrong outfit, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> she's also wearing uh, those fucking heels. Jesus. Um, very, very cool. And the art inside is really good. Uh, this is yeah. another name that I have not heard before. Um, Nico Leon. Boy, this is a good-looking book. Who did the colors on this? We don't know, do we? But um, yeah, these purple tones, oof, purple James. indigo kind of stuff, awesome. James, yeah. I don't know. I, James, uh, it's um, Jeff. Oh, it's Jordi Belair. Jordi Belair. Yeah, yeah, Jordy she's been Belair. around for a while. I, I mean, Jordi Belair's been around for a while. <laughs> I've seen that name a lot. Uh, but this is a wonderful-looking book. I think it's a little overwritten. Um, but uh, we're introduced to a new uh, villain, question mark? Not quite sure. Which one are you referring to, Ooh, even? That's true. I'm yeah, sorry. The new right. co- a new costumed <laughs> character who wears very expensive cologne. Uh, yeah. And once, Intriguing cologne as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I really like the characterization of Catwoman. This feels like Catwoman to me. I think she's spot mm. on. Um Man, the way they draw the vinyl, like the leather outfit and everything, is very cool with all the shine. Mm. Um, the way she yeah. handles the the bad, uh, you know, the the crime bosses at the um, strip club, very very cool. And I even like uh, it's a little silly. It's a little kind of like um, in Spider-Man, Sam Raimi's. You mess with one New Yorker, you mess with all of us. You know that whole thing. You've got strippers <laughs> like pulling this move that we see here up on the page just to defend Catwoman. But again. Cool, cool idea. Um, and we see Black Mask, who I I uh, have never cared about that character, but now that canonically in my head, it's... Um, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor under that mask. I love this guy. Uh, I, I read him the same way that he, he sounds in the um, Birds of Prey movie. So, yeah, uh, I think this was better than I expected it to be. Um, what did you think? No. I agree. I think it was it was better than I expected it to be. Um, the art was awesome. Uh, I there's there's a whimsical nature to Catwoman's characterization here that is very similar to 
what I've been reading <laughs> with Black Cat by Jed McKay. Oh, um, it's it, it's a um, confidence and humor um, that I don't know if the character like I haven't read her in a while, but I it doesn't feel like she's been depicted with that kind of like light hand lately. You know, it's been a little bit um, hmm. dour and and grand scale, not necessarily smaller, more. Um, Devil may care. Yeah, a little bit. Mm. Like I, I know that that's baked into her characterization, but it just hasn't really reflected in the books. Mm. Is that by Jed McKay? Yeah, it's um, next week's Wait, Mary Jane and Black Cat. Is it? Is it by Jed McKay though? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you. I, yeah. Yes. Is it by Jed McKay though? I'm sorry. Hey, I've did you heard of did you that? order me? Did you did you order me volume six? Because I really want to finish the run. Either uh, way, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it it has the same kind of like uh, feel that's just kind of loose and confident and and humorous and sexy and it, this was this was just a really like fun book. It was overwritten, yeah. um, shit ton of text heavy that the art was already kind of like covering. Yep. yep. But. As as for like, I'm I'm kind of surprised this isn't a new number one. Like, yeah, they they say it like almost explicitly on yeah. the cover. They're like, start here, and I went down to the number part to see if it was a number one. It is not. I, I I'm usually the kind of person that's just like, why bother renumbering? What the fuck? You're just gonna launch it again. Mm. They should have made this a number one or a mini series or something like. Yeah, first issue of a new... Like, they really wanted that number one on the cover. This is a fantastic jumping-on point, and it's it's really, really well done. It's really strong. Um, For a character that I have basically no interest in, like, following singularly, I liked this a lot. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I... You know, I don't think I've ever regularly read a Catwoman book, although I've... I think I read a little bit of it in the uh, purple suit long boots era long boots long gloves era um oh the and uh oh gosh who was that what was that artist name jim ballant yes uh, um you didn't like that, that he always costume? drew her with boob socks boob socks oh uh i'm sorry he drew her like uh she was a completely naked woman except oh, uh, yeah. she was her her outfit was sprayed onto her Hmm. I'm sorry. I don't know if when I took someone's note of wearing, that when a woman is era. wearing a top that yeah. does is not fabric and it's just boobs that are painted. I call those hmm. boob socks because it's like so, okay. the shirt is so tight around the boobs. So the entirety of uh, Frank Cho's work, Ouvre, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, I, there's a like. I, have you guys read the second issue of? Um, Catwoman Lonely City. I know we're not no, reviewing not yet. that book. I did not. Uh, I'm going it's to. so great, but they do joke. It's the future, and she meets some fans. In the book, there are two instances where somebody says, I had a poster of you on my wall. And she asks, which one? And the guy, the kid, is the, the male kid is like, oh, the, the, the purple costume. And they show it really quickly, and she makes a look, and he's like shy. Good choice. She like gives him a good choice. That's funny. and then the female character, uh, a female character later in the book is like, I had a poster of you on my wall, and she's like, which costume? 
and it's the Darwin Cook goggles costume. Mm. And she bends down to the girl and says, that's my favorite. And then walks <laughs> off. Like the, it's, it's such a wonderful kind of like meta moment in this future book. Uh, I, I can't recommend that book enough. It's really great. Also, Catwoman. I'm going to push back a little bit on this <laughs> Frank Cho thing. Um, because while Frank Cho's meat and potatoes is cheesecake, a lot of, a lot of food in that mm-hmm. sentence. Um, he doesn't really do the boob socks as much. Uh, I got it. Talk amongst yourselves. I got a perfect example of Frank Joe boob socks. Hold on. Um, yeah, I, I like the book. I, I thought it was a fun, like Catwoman's got a scheme kind of book. Wondering what sort of cat this is, which has a right? <laughs> magic star it's a field magic on cat. its back. Yeah, the, the star field. I thought it was a list. magic cat or something. Right, right. Or like the guy painted his cat. I don't know. Um, cause they say what kind it is. And I'm assuming in the, in our world, there is not a, a, uh, Starfield on, on these cats. Um, but yeah, the art was amazing. Black mask. I've always thought of as like a third string at best. You know, it's like, oh, you've got Batman's real rogues gallery. And then black mask showed up yeah. at some point later, you know, and, uh, He's no threat to anybody. Don't worry about him. Um, but, yeah, he's interesting. And they draw Catwoman really well in and out of costume, I yes. think. Very expressive. Very much like how I would picture Selena Kyle sitting and moving around, you know. Um, and uh, I liked her response to the cat also. It was very Selena Kyle. Like, ooh, I'm all about this cat. But something's up. This cat's really cool, though. <laughs> I would like to keep this cat. I do. But I got a cat. Cats are kind of right. my thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Although, in the beginning, I will say, uh, she's a litter bug. She's on a gargoyle at the top of a building, she dr- sipping, that thing? sipping a hot coffee. And then the next panel is yeah. her jumping off the building. Where'd you put that cup? She's out. I wondered how she got the cup up there. <laughs> yes. But I guess she's very good at balance. But she's a cat, oh, yeah. man. She doesn't care about that kind of thing. I mean, no, oh, that's yes. literally, that's literally, um... So it's, a, I was going to say, is it not Liquid socks? metal. Like, he just, he... Yeah. It's, he it's not... He I draws listen. all of the women naked and then just puts form-fitting It's Yeah, it's not like on them. he doesn't do it. It's just he doesn't do it as much as, like, other other people do, I think. What was that liquid metal on that woman? What what was that? Oh, uh, it was Ultron. This is Mighty Avengers. Uh, Avengers Assemble by right. Bendis. Hmm. Um, um, uh, Mars Comics yeah. says, of course it's Bel Air. The B cover was beautiful too. I didn't see the B cover. And Kevin says, is uh, it yeah. just me or is Catwoman way more interesting these days post Tom King? I haven't really been a fan until recent history. I agree with that. Yeah, I haven't really cared about Catwoman. Um, in a long time. I actually did like her in, I think, year one. Batman year one. Um, but, um... Well, and you also like Batman Catwoman. Oh, I do, yes. Wait, when you I say... Recall. When he says yeah. post-Tom King, does he mean... Mars, do you mean, um... It's Kevin. Yeah. What? Oh, Kevin, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, do you mean what Tom King did with her relationship with Batman? So, like, that 
did all, like that made all these stories possible now, or you didn't like what was happening with her and, and Batman, and now it's good. Like I don't, I don't understand what you mean, mm-hmm. because all of those dynamics that were kind of created in the Tom King run, the the relationship, the mutual respect, I'm not going to change you, but we could still be, kind of thing. I think that's my favorite version of Catwoman, and this is just kind of a progression of that. Yeah, I think, they have yeah, separate they, lives like, put together. That's the way I took it too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ever Are they still we- together? He's yeah. just in Europe right now. Yeah. Hmm. But um, yeah, this was this was good. I was surprised. Um, I wasn't. I didn't really care about it, but um, I didn't think I would care about it. But then it was quite delightful. Um, mm. Ooh, it's time for thunder rounds. Thunder round. A thunder round is a sixty-second review. Uh, I'm gonna do Detective Comics ten forty-nine, and then Noel is going to do Angel number one. So who's got? Uh, who's gonna get sixty seconds for me? Who's gonna put me on the timer? I'll get a ti- I'll get a timer. I'll get it. All right. So Just Detective relax. Comics ten forty-nine by Mariko Tamaki, Yvonne Reese uh, with inks by Danny Miki. When Huntress elected to go undercover in Arkham Tower, it was to investigate a place of healing. That seemed too good to be true. But what happens when Helena Bertinelli really does need some healing? And there's a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, Gotham, House of and Gotham, part... Th- oh, what, you ready to go? I mean, if you are. I'm ready to go. One, and go. Okay, so, uh, I have not read Detective Comics. Uh, I meant to pick up Mariko Tamaki's run because it started with Dan Mora, and um, I didn't get a chance to until just now. It is now going weekly, and it's doing a... Oh, God, that's weird. And um, it's weekly now, and it has been delightful. It's really, really good. I really like what they've done with the Arkham Tower and the fact that Batman's no longer around. That guy's not here to punch drug dealers and make them feel bad. Um, It's actually all of the other characters that I like more than Batman, the, the Bat family. It's got Nightwing, it's got Batwoman, it's got um, Huntress. And the way this story is being told is sort of Tarantinoed. It's a little bit like um, Pulp Fiction. We see the beginning, we see the end, and then we're getting little chunks in the middle. Um, and we get to figure out what's going on with Dr. Bear, and clearly he's not on the up and up, etc., etc. This has been really, really good. Highly recommended. Read it! End of round. Yeah, I did it. Uh, Brian, I was putting up the timer for you to, for you to see, and you can yell end of round. End of round! Uh, didn't notice. I'm sorry, guys. End of round! Good job, buddy. No! Yeah, it's a uh, little late. <laughs> Noel is go. Oh, you know what? Before we, before we do this, Kevin has <laughs> commented, yes, seeing the Bat-Cat relationship endeared me to the character quite a bit, and now I hear nothing but good things. Agree. And that continues. Yeah, I, I just want to make sure, yeah. Yeah, you should read Catwoman number, not number one, number 39. <laughs> it's a good place to start. Is it 38? It's was the it first oh, issue it of a new thing. Yeah. All right, so Noel is going to be doing a Thunder Round. Thunder Round. Of Angel number one, written by Christopher Cantwell, with art by Daniel Bayliss. Welcome to Detective TV, starring Angel and his co-star, Cordelia. But wait! Angel isn't just a celebrity. No, he leads a double life as a real monster hunter for Angel Investigations. I'm going to bring up my... Whatever that thing's called. Timer. Here we go. Is this in an alternate timeline? I'll get to it. Oh, okay. Cool. All right, Noel. Ready and go. Uh, I'm going to say this, and I don't necessarily mean it in a bad way. This book is so far up its own ass it's impressive um 
in the Buffyverse books, they have introduced the idea of a multiverse. So there are multiple versions of Buffy and, and her cohorts and the comics, the cartoons, the TV show. It's all kind of coexists in a weird way. But that is now Angel. So this is a version of Angel that it's the TV show. But on top of the TV show of there being Angel Investigations, he's also plays a private detective vampire on a TV show but they don't really know he's a vampire. But all the other characters still do the angel investigation stuff, and he doesn't show up because he's on TV. Um, it's so meta, it's annoying, but I didn't dislike it. It's it's fine. End of round! So, wait, I, I don't want to talk about the book, but I do, like... It's end of round. There's a point to there's a point to make a bigger point to make. Hang on, this isn't about the book. This is about the Buffy books. Is that fair? Addendum round. So <laughs> last night, uh, was it last night? Yesterday, we were we were in the shop, and somebody was asking about the Buffy stuff. Yes. And you, JD, you mentioned like, oh yeah, it's like a multiverse. I d- for some reason that made me coil because. The books, the Boom Studios books, the Boom Studios relaunch of Buffy that happened a couple years ago. They're up to like issue 34, 35 now. The idea of the multiverse has only been in the last like two arcs. Right. Um, I was not talking about the story. I was not talking about the story. I was talking about in order to make it clear what that book was, uh, Mm. even before you had said that the book actually introduces a multiverse. I have been saying, oh, it's like a multiverse multi- multiverse version of the show. So it's like, if the show was taking place on another universe, how it may have transpired. That's like, right. the show like, itself is from a different reality. Yes, the show, yeah, Wait, we yeah. have our version of Buffy, which comes from the te- television yeah. show. This is what I would call a multiverse version of it, where all the characters are there, but everything plays out differently. I just, I, some part of me hates that multiverse is now like in the popular nomenclature as opposed to just a way for us to describe things because everyone's like familiar with a multiverse now with like TV shows and stuff. Mm -hmm. So the expectation is, so when are all the versions going to fight? Like it's more Mm -hmm. along the lines of this is just a different version of the same story because the, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I wonder what's going to transpire. So the Buffy book alone has was wonderful yeah see wow yet another multiverse it's it's not a multiversal book it's just like a new big bad almost like the third season was a different version of buffy or giles or some shit like it's the book was just a retelling and then it just kind of turned into that so i i would feel bad no it's not misleading it's just I think I'm just kind of sad that it's going to be considered now when it's done a multiverse book when it was something different before. Hmm. You know now, what I mean? Like I'm just kind of sad about that. Like it, it, my understanding is that um, they mention a universe without shrimp in the yeah. original Buffy TV series. <laughs> and it has been, it's just like a throwaway line. Um, I don't remember that. Which is, wait, I'm going to yeah. finish this for you. Yeah. That's the Boom Studios universe. Yeah, like they are. It's like everything in the universe is exactly the same, except they don't have shrimp. Um, yeah. 
which comes up in, a, you know, Anya is saying like, oh, there, yeah, there's other universes out Hold there. Hold on a second. That's in the Hold show. That's in the show. And in the yeah. book, they confirm that the universe you've been reading for 20 odd issues is the one with no shrimp. Because it's after the first time that they're just are told or find out that there are multiple versions of them, string theory wise. They Anya keeps making jokes about we have to go to this taco truck while we're here. You believe me? It'll be great. We gotta go to this taco truck. So they take to go food when they finally go back home and defeat the big bad and they're eating the tacos. And it's just a throwaway line at the end of the episode or the end of the issue with somebody being like, What did she call these? Shrimp? They're delicious. <laughs> yeah. even, That's even wonderful. warmed up, they're delicious. That's wonderful. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. That's I love that. That's cool as shit. It is yeah. very it's yeah. very deep in the weeds, but it's so deep in the weeds that – so I, I'm not saying, J.D., how dare you describe this as a multiverse book to some other reader. I'm almost sad that it's going to just be labeled as another multiverse because that's popular now with the Loki shit and blah, blah, blah because it's it's not that. Mm-hmm. It's just – that's yeah. a – Small part I met of it. it in the metaverse. It's like another retelling. I, I know, yeah. but I feel like how we communicate is different yeah. than how normies see now. Mars, Mars Comics is in the comments saying, I still think of the multiverse as like an Elseworlds. And that's how I used to describe things to people before I had the word multi before before multiverse was nomenclature, right? Was in the zeitgeist. Yeah. I would, I because people would be like, what? Um, else, same thing though, Elseworlds. People like, what? Uh, so now that multiverse is a word that everyone knows and understands, Elseworlds, I don't have to use that anymore. Because this, this is what this Buffy is. It's like an Elseworlds. I guess multiverse <laughs> implies a stronger connection between yes. those two universes. Whereas Elseworlds is like, this Superman is not anything like the Superman that you're used to. And they are not related narratively in any way. And they won't cross over. But I come at this from a... Like, my cosmological view of reality is, like, no, that is probably the case. Like, there are probably an infinite amount of infinitely varied things, and everything that you can think of is happening. Um, so, yeah, of course, there's multiverse. There's all the multiverses that are described in our stories and the ones that we haven't gotten to yet or maybe never will, you know. I, guys, logically and rationally, I absolutely understand what you're saying. But I'm talking about like the base level yeah, yeah. of how people just like log line sell a book. Yeah. And it's it's almost sad that that's what the Buffy, the Boom Studios Buffy verse, verse is going to kind of be boiled down to when it's a lot more. Um, it's a nuanced. lot more uh, elegant and nuanced than yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But I, th- the reason why it also kind of came into fruition, not just that conversation with that. First of all, we got that guy to buy the first two volumes. So. But <laughs> from JD's um, Hero Complex, yes. yeah, JD's Hero, located on uh, 4327 Main Street, uh, Philadelphia, PA. There it is, all around him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but um, in this issue, Angel Number One, it is a huge part of the first chunk of the story, like a version of Adam. Uh, mm-hmm. Adam, I think, is his name from the from the show. Mm-hmm. The yeah, the, the, the boyfriend. No, the Buffy. No, the. Andrew, Andrew, sorry, Andrew. Right, right. A version of Andrew, naked, bloodied, jumps through a portal to save his life and ends up in this universe. And now he's looking for versions of himself to, you know, to to warn them that something's coming. Mm. So instead of this being a smart, 
story that just kind of exists over here, they explicitly make it part of this multiverse conflict and right, it right. almost diminishes the the story. Yeah, yeah. Cuz it's now functioning as a as a a limb of the other yeah. Buffy as opposed to being its own thing. Yeah, as opposed to it being just kind of like cute and meta, now it's like a Look what we're doing. Look what we're doing. Look what we're doing. It's like, all right, I get it. It, You're just, you're up your own ass now. It's confirmation bias. Stop it. Anyway. All right. Cool beans. End of round? Yeah. End of round. Fuck it. Long story short, fuck your multiverse. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck your Yankee blue jeans. Uh, all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us and talking about comic books. Uh, join us here every Monday night at 9 o'clock where we will do it all over again. I will probably have a beer. We'll talk about comics. Maybe we'll talk about some other stuff. Um, anything else? Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Destructo. You can help us out that way. You can like, subscribe, hit the bell notification so that you know when we go live. Really, the thing is, come hang out with us. We're just lonely and we want to see you. So, uh, thanks so much, and we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. 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 Yeah.